is the Rising Sisterhood Podcast, where we're on a mission to create a movement of success for women globally so they can be celebrated, empowered, and decide to rise regardless of the circumstance. I know you're here to be inspired by bold women courageously sharing their stories of overcoming fear and listening to intuition. So together we can amplify our voices. Today, I invite you to join our sisterhood and rise with us. I am so excited to talk to one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Stephanie Serber. She is part of the second book of The Rising Sisterhood, but more importantly, she is the glue that holds The Rising Sisterhood together for myself and the authors and all of the team. So it's such an honor that she decided to join us for book two because she helped spearhead book one. So not only does she have this incredible, amazing personality and and who she is and what she brings to the team and how she works with the company that we both run together, Amy Edge & Co. She has this incredible ever giving passion for empowering women to just see their true beauty, both inside and out. She lives in Colorado, but she used to live really close to me, but now she's in Colorado with her active duty U.S. Navy husband, two boys, and a baby girl that's due very, very soon. And actually... By the time you're listening to this, she might have already been born. So we might be doing some celebration as well. So I'm so happy to have you on the podcast, Daphne. Oh my gosh. I am. That was quite an intro. I am so just excited to be able to spend some time with you. That's, it's just amazing. <laughs> Not like you don't spend enough time with me already, <laughs> Stephanie, but I, this is a different kind of energy than what we typically kind of talk through every day. Definitely. Um, so I'm not sure if you've read Stephanie's chapter or listened to her story that we've shared on Instagram, but she has a type, she has a chapter in the book called flexibility. And so she is telling the story of her diagnosis of a chronic illness within her adult life. So it was like you were 31, right, Stephanie, or close? Yep. So just like almost four years ago. Yeah. So pretty soon, like this isn't something that you've grown up with. You've had to to figure it out after you've already had all these habits and whatnot. So she talks in the chapter a lot about the process, how she felt, the, the thoughts that went through her head, and just the discovery of how she can overcome it and be just a better person, a better wife, a better mom, a better friend on the other side. And it's just kind of like one of those stories that I think everybody can can resonate with and they can see themselves in it because we've all, even if we haven't gone through like a chronic illness, like I put myself in the shoes of like how I've dealt with like anxiety through that. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's saying the words that I've like been feeling. So it's, it's so incredible that you've shared that in the book. Yeah. You know, it's, so the, the illness that I was diagnosed with, actually I've had my entire life, but had no idea. And it's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And I have the hypermobility type. Uh, It's, 
one of 13 types and is the most common of the uh, the ones that are out there. Um, I'm very lucky to not have a ton of symptoms, but I do have to change my daily routine when things do flare up. Tell us about like, just what were the thoughts that went through your head? Like when you were sitting, like, I'm going to kind of butcher the quote that you say in the book, but you were sitting in the doctor's office with that crunchy paper underneath your legs, feeling like so probably insecure and so like worried about what was going to happen. Tell us a little bit about that moment where you were like, oh, something's really going on. So originally I went to the doctor for a totally different issue. I had an ankle problem that just wouldn't go away. And while my doctor was uh, kind of going through the process and figuring out what might be wrong, we thought it was a, a sprain that just wasn't healing. I happened to stretch my arm up and she noticed that my elbow didn't bend the way that it should be. And from there, it just kind of was a little bit of a whirlwind. I was very lucky to be diagnosed within three months of that instance, which is not super common for EDS people. And I just, I don't think I really realized what what was happening until it was already over. And I'd, I'd done all the research and kind of gone through that, but it didn't hit me totally until the, the genetics uh, specialist that they sent me to actually, you know, said, I am diagnosing you with this. And then it just, it just kind of hit me that everything that I've researched is now a part of my story. Yeah. It's part of your life. Yeah. I wonder, tell, like, does it feel different having kind of like this, I don't know, quote unquote, like invisible illness. Like people don't look at you and say, oh, mm-hmm. she has X, Y, and Z, right? Does it feel different? Like how have you been able to kind of like overcome that? So the biggest thing that I've kind of come to terms with is nobody's going to know by looking at me. There's, there's just nothing. Sometimes I'll wear braces here and there. Um, when I'm having unstable joints, uh, my ankles and wrists tend to be the, the most common, but apart from that, it's really difficult for people to understand that. Yes, I'm in pain, even though I'm looking normal to be able to kind of go daily with moving past that. I, I kind of take account for everything in the mornings when I wake up and decide, okay, is there anything that is different or hurting or out of place today? And kind of take things slowly from there. Um, the biggest part also is to kind of use the, the good days or the days that I don't have a lot of pain uh, to really enjoy as much as I can so that I can rest on the days that I'm feeling worse. Love that. I feel like that's everyone, right? Like not just if you have some sort of chronic illness or whatnot, like you have to take the good days with the bad days, but how can we like squeeze as much joy out of the really good ones? Right. And 
I know like, has this changed like how you parent and how you interact with Jared, your husband? Uh, Definitely. I've been able to kind of take a step back on the days that I'm not feeling so good. And I am so very lucky that Jared just kind of steps in and takes care of things and knows when I'm having the hard days. Uh, I can't imagine a better partner than him for sure. And my boys, since they're six and eight, they have really been able to, to see in the years that they've been able to remember that I've had this illness or that I've known about it for that matter. Um, and they know that if I'm, I'm having a bad day, we'll watch movies and cuddle and, and just kind of spend time relaxing. And that has been way, just, it's just been really nice to be able to know that the, the family unit that we have understands, uh, what I'm going through and, and that they can just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I love that. Let's talk about something maybe a little bit lighter, Stephanie. (laughs) So you were part of book one, meaning like behind the scenes, like you were helping run all aspects. We decided we're definitely doing book two. And I said, Stephanie, do you want to be part of book two? And you're like, uh, I'll think about it. And spoiler alert, you are part of book two, (laughs) but what was that like thing? Like, I feel like you had kind of like this, like worry or this reluctance to first join book two. So how did you make the decision to become part of book two? So I think definitely you reaching out to me and just offering and saying, Hey, do you want to be part of this? Um, it, it kind of been in the back of my head and then you reaching out, it kind of was brought to the forefront of my head and, um, just knowing how book one had really reached so many people and, uh, women understanding, even though it's not their stories, it's still stories that they can relate to and understand that there's women out there that need to hear stories that they can resonate with. I, I just, I didn't feel like there was a lot of my, my type of story out there. And I wanted to be able to reach the people that do have chronic illnesses or are dealing with some type of, um, just difference in their medical history. And especially coming from like, you know, in my thirties, and I can, I can guarantee that there's a ton of women that can understand that in some way or another. And I just, I felt that it was the, it was the right space to do it. We are so glad and so proud of you for sharing your story. And I do think that a lot of people are going to be inspired by it and just in general. I know that I was inspired about it because when we started working together, I had no idea. And then I, I was like, I have a new appreciation, a new love. Like my love grew bigger for Stephanie <laughs> um, when I read it. So it was so great for you to be vulnerable like that. Okay, Stephanie, I'm going to ask you our signature question for this season of the podcast. If you could have a gigantic billboard 
anywhere with anything on it. And it's going to reach billions and billions and billions of people. So like the whole world, what would it say and why? So since I set up the back end of these things, I had an opportunity to think about this a little bit. And my billboard would say, you're a warrior, not because you won, but because you keep fighting every single day. And I think that that is something that anybody can resonate with and needs to see and hear. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what that person is going through, like, or who it is, man, woman, teen, child, whatever. It's that's like the epitome of like a billboard. <laughs> it might be too long for someone to read it as they're driving <laughs> by, but we'll say that it's a fantastic uh, billboard slogan. I love it. I mean, maybe uh, LA traffic, they'd be able to see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. If we put it in a very traffic prone area for sure. We'll be sitting there <laughs> thinking about it the whole time, the hours that they spend there. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your story, for being a part of this book and just the whole mission behind the Rising Sisterhood and being my solid, empathetic rock star sister that you are that keeps me in track. And just stepping into this power that you have and showing that, but also being so graceful as you do it which I think is your superpower. And remember, if you have not yet read Stephanie's chapter and you have not purchased the Rising Sisterhood book too, you can go to the risingsisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase. All proceeds of the book this round are going to be donated to Girls Inc. And be sure to listen to the next week's interview for another powerful author for book two. We'll see you there. Thank you so much, Amy. And I can't wait to step into the light with all of these women. Thanks for listening to the Rising Sisterhood podcast today. Be sure to visit our website, therisingsisterhoodbook.com to learn more about our Rising Sisterhood movement and how you can also become a co-author in our next collaborative book. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you may want to check out our latest book on Amazon. Just go to therisingsisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase to be directed to the Amazon checkout page. We appreciate your support. And remember, our sisterhood sees you. If you've ever felt invisible, this movement is for you. We see you. You matter.